0: Uh, Good evening. Uh, My name is Trevor. I'm one of the elders here. Um, Thanks for joining us. It is week four of Advent and um, last Tuesday we're meeting, which is crazy. So anyway, thank you. Um, We tonight are going to be looking at the song of Simeon, which is in Luke 2. And I'm just going to jump right in because uh, I feel like I have a lot to share. So Jazz saxophonist uh, John Coltrane played a live set of an album, A Love Supreme. If you've heard this album, it's a true piece of art and truly one of my favorites. He played the best set of his life, a 30-minute album played all the way through. When he was finished, he set down his saxophone, stepped off the stage, and said these two words, Nunc Dimitris. And then he walked away. This phrase is taken from the Vulgate, which is a Latin translation, excuse me, of the Bible, meaning, I now have permission to depart. You see, he played the best set of his life, an extremely difficult set to play, especially live. And he felt this was the best moment of his life, what he was living for. His action in setting down his saxophone was a sigh of relief. He took it off the lanyard, set it on the floor. He had played so well, and as, as if he was just living his life for this moment. So he did all this, and it was just time for him to leave. So this phrase, nunc dimittis, is the title for the canticle or song of Simeon, which we'll be looking tonight in Luke 2, verses 25 through 32, and that'll be on the screen for you. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts where the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So this first verse in Simeon's song tells us so much about who Simeon is as a person. We know from our text that he is righteous and devout. But what he says in the phrase, I now have permission to depart, makes the birth of Jesus all the more meaningful, and especially for the salvation of Israel and the Gentiles. So Simeon introduces himself to the baby Jesus as his servant. So Simeon is a servant to Jesus, a servant that has been carrying the weight of the faith while longing for a Messiah. And Simeon is is basically one of the kind of later prophets. He was keeping everything in place, condemning all the wrong and evil doing just like a good prophet should. But Simeon is old and ready to pass watch on to the next. So when we read this text on the surface, we might think the Spirit revealed to Simeon that he wouldn't die until he saw the Messiah when he says, I now have permission to depart. This doesn't mean I'm just going to go die now. Like, you're up, kid, and he passes away. It's a lot deeper than that. So we know Simeon eventually passed away, but not immediately after seeing Jesus. What Luke is expressing, rather, is Simeon is being released from his, po- his post as watchman. The phrase would have been used like a changing of the guard or a master giving his servant the night off. The Greek verb, actually, right there is in the present indicative sense, meaning literally right now. So Luke, having been in Rome and probably one of the only gospel writers that was actually um, not Jewish, Um, would have kind of known what this looks like. And especially for for Luke and those readers in Rome, there was this group called the Wigglies Urbani. So that's going to be up on the screen. It looks a lot cooler, but the V in Latin is pronounced with a W, so it's kind of the Wigglies. Like those were the watchers of Rome. So these these were the servants that would keep watch over Rome. They would fight fires, um, capture thieves, stand night watch, and kept, you know, any watch um, and just kept the peace, basically. And even further, Simeon's name is he, in Hebrew is Shema, which means to hear, where we also get the Shema in Deuteronomy, which starts with hero Israel. So it's a fitting name. And that actual Hebrew verb stresses a physical action over more of what we would understand to be like a mental activity. So a constant listener a constant listener as to what's going on. So his qualifications are actually in his name. So the the Song of Simeon even takes us further into Luke's Christology, so how Luke views Christ. He's got many names for Jesus in in his gospel, especially Messiah, Lord, and Son of God. To his readers, which were mostly Greco-Roman, they would equate that to the Greco-Roman savior figures of the time. So when Simeon says in verse 30 through 33, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and to the glory of your people Israel. This actually would have been an indication to the people reading this, that it's not only a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy, but also to communicate with those outside of Israel, with those references to Greco-Roman leaders, that Jesus was the greatest Savior. So there's a reason why the church celebrates this song. When we read this text in Latin, it would literally read, Now, Master, you can let your servant go in peace just as you promised. Jesus had brought relief. That's it. Jesus brought relief. Relief to Simeon and relief to all nations, as it says in verse 31. So all people, a light for the Gentiles and glory for Israel. So the early church would actually incorporate this song for end-of-day worship or Vespers just because of its implications for fulfillment and peace and rest. So I don't know, what did Simeon's relief feel like? Like, we often equate rest and relief to be somewhat around the same word, and they're just not the same. Like, if I use it in a sentence, I'm relieved that I get to come home from work to rest. You've got two different things going on there, right? Simeon didn't just take a rest after seeing Jesus. He was relieved. So think about that in your own life. Like, what does relief actually feel like? relief from anxiety, depression, relief that the test came back normal, relief that the medication is kicking in. Like that's probably what Simeon was feeling, that type of release, a deep, deep exhale. A deep sense of I can finally move on and it's being released. So there was actually a study done on individuals with high-intensity, high-stress jobs. They studied police officers, firefighters, EMT, and even like some branches of the military. And what they specifically studied was that these folks would live in a state of hypervigilance every day. So like if your kind of normal vigilance level is here, they're here all day and usually like 10, 12-hour shifts. if they would take two days off like normal, what this study actually figured out is they needed three days off. So two days off just got them to a point of relief and they needed kind of a day to rest and do their thing and like get set up to start their week. So departments tried to figure out how they could put shifts together so that they would get three consecutive days off, two days to come down from the hypervigilance and getting a day free to rest, to be relieved. So they started giving them these shifts, and they were able to function, sleep, and perform, and rest better. Suicide rates go, went down, and they were just better people. Like That is what relief looks like. And Jesus brought relief, as I'm saying. As followers of Jesus, like how can we actively do that for folks around us? Simple things like bringing meals, watching kids, even just hanging out with one another, it kind of takes your mind off things, right? And small things are great. Um, to spend time with one another, just, you don't know, have phone calls. Um, I was walking through my work on October 25th, and someone came up to me and goes, it's two months till Christmas, and I just spiraled for a minute. And just like Matt was praying... Um, there's gifts and events and work to do and all the things I had to do and the Christmas parties and the work Christmas parties. and I, It just felt like a lot. And I think a lot of us have felt that, right? And so I just started having a conversation with a friend over the phone and just kind of communicating anxiety and what was going on. It, it, it was just a huge relief. And so we would usually spend Sunday afternoons for an hour talking with one another. And we're all met with problems and the needs placed upon us. And we have a lot going on, especially in this season. But take a moment to breathe. Take a moment to reach out to a friend. And sometimes it's just presence. Even if they don't say anything, it can help. Uh, One of the greatest things my wife does for me, especially if I've had a hard day or uh, done a lot of work around the house, she just says, you're off duty. And I just feel this weight lifted off of me because I, I just know, like, okay, it's it's been a good day. And it's just this, this sigh of relief, um, which has been great. And even, like, I have this memory. I was probably maybe 10. Um, I remember crashing my bike, which I've had a lot of bicycle accidents. And I hurt my leg. And I was in such pain. I felt like it was broken. And... My friend saw it, and we're, he was only like three houses down, so he went and got my dad. My dad came rushing over and just scooped me up in, in his arms. The leg pain went away, and I just felt relief just because he was there. So, our story of Simeon this Christmas tells us that life is hard, and Simeon undoubtedly carried a lot. His weight had finally been dismissed. He lived for Jesus to come into the world, and he can die a happy man. But we have it differently. That relief is already here. While there may be aches and pains and sickness and death and tons of stuff going around us, we have Jesus. He's already here. And we can live every day in that peace if we want to or if we let it come in. So is there something you're waiting on this season? Someone to come back? a promotion, someone to pass, someone to be born, the anxiety of the situation can be difficult. But we are here um, as a church for a tangible response. We're here for a prayerful response. We're here for a listening ear. And one of the things that I've been doing on a pretty regular basis is just texting folks. How you doing? Checking in. That is one of the things that has greatly helped me just kind of get through this season and just going through, you know, all the things that life has to give. So I want us to remember that, that we're here, there's folks around. um, There's people here to be present with you, to to pray with you, to check in. So I want us to go with just this basic blessing, basic blessing, excuse me. May your Christmas bring relief, peace, and rest. Merry Christmas. Let me pray for us. Father, like Matt said, um, as we are in this season of busy and life and just plenty of things going on, Father, I pray that we can spend this next week leading up to Christmas, um, with some peace and finding ways to find relief, find relief for our spouse, our friends, our family, our coworkers, um, with all the hurting right now and all the sickness, um, pray that you can find ways that, you know, people get put into our lives that, um, we can just share something with to give them just a moment of pause, a moment of relief. Father, thank you for this community and everything that they continuously pour in and all the efforts made to um, be with one another and check in with one another. It's in your name. Amen. Amen.